Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows Podcast, a space where we chat about moments in life where it's not. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so excited to jump right into this episode. That being said, I know the normal flow of this show has been alternating between solo episodes and interview episodes with some pretty incredible guests. I'm going to be real with you. In the theme of this podcast and not everything being sunshine and rainbows, I've had a really busy week and I got behind. And honestly, I wasn't feeling inspired about the topic that I was going to talk about. So I'm mixing it up. We are switching things up and that's what makes life interesting, right? So we're jumping in to an incredible interview with my pal Katie. It is a conversation you don't want to miss. I promise. As a quick little reminder, this episode is also on YouTube. You'll hear us talk about it in the episode, but I promise you'll want to watch it because Katie's smile is infectious. Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for agreeing to start this conversation and for being here. Personally, I am so excited to be talking to you because we have been, I feel like, besties on Instagram for a little while now. You reached out to me couple maybe like six months ago to a year ago and we're like oh my god our dogs are twins and that's like when it all started and you sent me all these photos of your dog and my dog and (laughs) you're like did you kidnap my dog (laughs) so Leia and Luna yes I love it so (laughs) thank you so much for being here I'm so excited to just get talking yeah so I want to give you an opportunity just to introduce yourself and let my audience know who you are, even though I know who you are, but let's give them a chance. So tell me about yourself, what you've done, what got you to where you are now, all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, my name is Katie. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Yes. And I'm, yes, right. I'm, I'm getting better at always trying to, um, give people a heads up on that. I love that. Um, yeah, I'm 34. Um, I'm from Southern California, but I live in Arizona now, which has been about five years now away from the ocean, which has just been tough. (laughs) Um, As you know, you know, I'm an ocean lover, avid ocean lover. Um, I would consider myself an empath. Okay. um, A true Gemini, true Gemini. My husband would agree with that. A true Gemini. Um, And a little bit of like a, I'm just loyal to a fault. Okay. But when it comes to like, my life, I would say I'm a wife and I'm a mother. Mm. I'm a past middle school, junior high math and science teacher. And um, yeah, I'm just, I've been, you know, an athlete forever. Um, before I got married, my husband and I both met in college playing sports. Uh, I played soccer and he played baseball. I know, right? And um, yeah, I love my dogs. <laughs> I have two dogs. Um, Luna and Fisher and yeah, that's just, I mean, that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And for (laughs) anyone who is listening and not watching on YouTube, Katie's smile is infectious. Like I can't stop smiling just because she is smiling so much. There's just so much joy that is radiating from the other side of this computer right now. And I'm, I'm about it. (laughs) You're so sweet. Thank you so much. I think too, I was going to say, I think I got connected through you through a mutual friend, obviously Mm -hmm. on Instagram, but, um, I did see you on zoo Tampa (laughs) (laughs) and my husband and my daughters, obviously, you know, being, um, I had that small stint where I worked with, with, um, Marine life as well. And so, um, 
I was just so drawn to that show, obviously. And yeah. I just my daughters loved it. They loved every bit about it. And so we were I, when I when I knew our mutual friend knew you too. I was like, oh, that's so funny. We just saw her on this show. Oh my I gosh. Her. Uh, We were so nervous when we were filming that show initially just because anything involving the animal field and cameras, you're so nervous. Like, how is this going to be betrayed? Are they going to accurately represent what we do? Obviously, there were definitely some Hollywood moments and like our producers, (laughs) we would have to refilm certain things or like fake calls on the radio so they could get the (laughs) shot. But right. Pulling out your your walkie. Yeah. And (laughs) and, like talking to no one. But I will say everyone always asks about that rhino scene and they were like, did your producer really make you say that? And I was like, no, that was all me. No, those are true feelings. (laughs) I literally after that happened, I called Kevin immediately and I was like, hey. I just said something on camera and it's, 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 they're gonna, they're gonna air it. Like, and I'm going to Hollywood. Baby. <laughs> like, so does LA call me or do I call them? Like, how right, does that work? Does work? <laughs> my people, I'll get my people on my walkie oh, real quick. And <laughs> yeah. And then every single commercial, it's just that clip over and over. And Kevin is just like, are you kidding me, Amanda? Like, to relive this. <laughs> oh, it's so well, funny. We had the media come for one thing was when I was working in the field and it was, yeah, I just remember being like, what if one of them poops on the floor on a shoe? <laughs> what if one of them during, cause it was a live interview too. I'm like, one of them is going to bite their ankles, yep. you know, nibble at their, it's almost feeding time. Yep. Like we've got it. That's yeah, how no. it goes. I mean, <laughs> animals are unpredictable and that's why I always totally. laugh when people were like, like when I worked with dolphins, they're like, oh, can you make it jump? And I'm like. I can ask I can him ask. and he's probably going to look at me and be like, I know how many fish you have in that bucket. No, <laughs> you know, I have counted. I can, I can smell, I can yeah. hear the ice. Yep. I can mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. I know all the tricks lady. Ugh. Right. Well, I think it's that easy. actually accurately represents like working with animals versus I feel like working with children. And a lot of people don't mm-hmm. realize that. A lot of people, when they leave the animal field, actually become teachers because a lot of the skills that you learn while working with animals and marine mammals directly applies to working with kiddos. Well, and also being on that stage with animals that are unpredictable. Mm -hmm. I mean, children are unpredictable sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you can ask them all the time to, you know, one, two, three eyes on me and sometimes you'll get it and sometimes you won't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's the same with animals. I mean... You're asking nicely. We know that there's rewards, uh, but yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, the same goes with Kev. I can ask him as nicely as I want. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Possibly. So you actually, like I said, we talk all the time on Instagram and you, <laughs> I can just tell are like one of my people because every time I post something that I think might not be well received, whether it's like politically, environmentally, you know, starting these harder conversations, you're always the first one in my inbox. Like, yes, queen, I'm right there with you. We're taking it down. Yeah, you're like, down with the patriarchy. Like, we're going to go. And I I love following you and just watching the incredible things that you do with your own family and your twins. Oh, my gosh. They are incredible. And my favorite thing to watch is your dance parties that you have with them. We have to dance it out every now and then, especially after a hard day, right? Yeah. Blast the music. And um, it's funny, my my brother and my sister-in-law and my husband and I were talking about last night about my daughter's taste in music because <laughs> we only listen to 
you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers yes. and the Eagles and I mean, all the old the Death Leopard. And yep. so that's like our jam. So we were cracking up about I have eight-year-old identical twin daughters who know the words to Red Hot Chili Peppers and <laughs> Def Leppard songs and the Eagles and I'm trying to think who else, uh, Led Zeppelin. Yep. And <laughs> all the greats, all the greats. Absolutely, yeah. So that's so funny. Yeah, we love to dance now. It's some, one of the ways that we keep ourselves, you know, when we're having a hard day, we just, it's a great way to kind of come back down and be like, Oh, all is good in the world. My body is moving. I've got good music. I'm with good people. Mm-hmm. Those Get those endorphins flowing and change oh, that totally. perspective. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Absolutely. So you had reached out to me and you gave me a whole bunch of topics that you <laughs> were passionate about and wanted to talk about. And I feel like all of them go hand in hand. But a couple weeks ago, I had brought up a conversation on my Instagram story just about you know, modesty and giving kids autonomy over their bodies and letting them start to make choices about how they want to dress. And, you know, that balance of training your children to be respectful, but also knowing that as women, their bodies are not pieces of property. And it's that very thin line that a lot of people are very hesitant to like bring up and talk about. And I would love to just give you the floor to share with people what you've done as a mother, what's worked, what you're still trying to figure out and all of that. Right, absolutely. I mean, as parents, I think every day we're still trying to figure it out. Sometimes it's hour to hour. Yeah. Um, And with twins, it comes with a twist too because they're so different. They're two different people, but yet they're always associated together by everyone. Um, So just in general, I feel like we're just all doing the best we can and myself included. But You know, I think it's important when we talk about, um, you know, what's appropriate and modesty and everything. I think it's important that we focus on gender norms specifically and what gender really is, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's it's a societal um, it's it's what we deem as a society to be correct and appropriate, and um, which means it's fluid, which means we can alter it. You know, the the norms that we are putting on our kids and on us as a society are basically coming from us as a society, which means we can change it. Yeah. Um, you know, which comes back down to, you know, what is appropriate for girls to wear? Well, what is appropriate for boys to wear? What is appropriate for anyone to wear? Well, we're deciding that on our own. Mm -hmm. And as adults, we get to make those decisions with kids. You know, we have to take in consideration, obviously age appropriateness. Um, and what we feel comfortable as parents, parents is age appropriate. You know, what I think is age appropriate um, to, to, you know, for my eight-year-olds might be different than what somebody who has a 16-year-old or a six-year-old or a two-year-old might deem is appropriate. But I think it's important that as a parent, especially when my kids are eight, I'm in control of what is purchased in the home. But I'm not going to, you know, as far as their clothing, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not going to control what they decide to wear that day as long as I know it's not 120 degrees out. I'm not going <laughs> to out in their, you know, their favorite unicorn fleece onesie. Oh, or but that would be so um, fun. <laughs> I know, right? And don't, don't get me wrong. They try. Um, and so I'm usually like, Hey, that's a really awesome outfit. I love the fleece unicorn onesie. I am a super fan, mm-hmm. but it's 120 degrees outside. It might be 75 in our home. 
but it's 120 degrees outside. I think maybe we want to take another look at our wardrobe and just giving them the option and being honest about the environment and what's going on outside. I mean, cause they're eight, they're not going and checking the weather app. Yeah. They're not checking. So they're just like, I want to wear this. And so I think being honest with them about, Hey, that I love it, but you know, we can try it. Maybe we can try something that's going to make you more comfortable today with what's going on outside is important instead of just laying out their clothes and saying, this is what you're going to wear. This is what you have to wear. I think something that I wasn't necessarily always given as a child as probably most millennials, people, you know, um, we were raised by a different generation. Yeah. A lot of choices, a lot of choices in, in everyday things. Um, and obviously that has to come with, you know, our parental guidelines. We're, we're the ones that are, who are in charge of their safety and their health and their well-being. But there are certain things that I think that children should be allowed to choose for their autonomy. And, you know, I think I'm probably hyper-focused on that as a mom of identical twins. Oh, yeah. And sometimes people confuse the way they look, obviously. So allowing them the freedom to choose what they wear, how they wear their hair, or um, the length of their hair if they decide to cut. I, you know, I'm just always one to say, you know, you do you, girl, because I, I know the struggle must be real for them to feel like they already look so much alike. Yeah. So giving them those little those little victories and those little freedoms at such a young age, it started when they were really young. I started allowing them to make certain choices, you know, within their age, what was appropriate yeah. for them. And, and I think that's been important for them to find not just their autonomy, but also their confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, when we take choices, we strip confidence from children. Um, and from adults. If yeah. somebody is making all of my decisions as an adult, I lack the confidence that I can make them on my own. And I think that's important for kids to start early with. And I can ramble on about this as long as you as, as you'll let me. <laughs> no, I love that. And it, it actually relates. I literally just saw a TikTok this morning where she was saying that there's this idea that because you raise your children, they owe you respect. And uh -huh. she was like, no, you teach respect as a parent and you respect your children. And if you have done your job well, they will model that respect that you give them. And that was such Absolutely. a light bulb moment for me where I was like, whoa, okay. Right? And even just the culture shock of living on my own as like a single female and then getting married to a man and my family is a family of all women so like just the culture shock all of girls same. yeah five generations all girls yeah yeah on my side it's wild and so the, it is it's it's yeah it's a wild ride with all these women yes and, and then living finding a man that's gonna yeah fit into that too. and I was just like there was this iconic moment in our marriage where Kevin was like you want me to be this strong leader man but you have to give me the opportunities to do so because I'm a very strong, independent female. And he's like, I love <laughs> right. that about you, Amanda. But if you want me to be a leader, you have to give me those opportunities. And it's that same thing. Like you have to allow those opportunities and like model that. So that way you can get when it in I, return. Absolutely. And I think one of the ways that we feel respected is when people listen to us mm. and that, and that comes from choice making. That's Hey, you know, if I'm in a group of my girlfriends and everyone gets asked their opinion on what we what we want to do for dinner and I'm not let and I'm left out of it, I don't feel respected mm -hmm. in that group. And that goes for everyone. If everyone else gets a say but you, you feel disrespected. You don't get a say. Why? Why don't I get a say? Right. right? And I think with kids, I mean, yes, 
their children, but we have to allow them into the family unit in decision making. Like little things. I mean, my husband and I moved our dining room table the other way yesterday. It was a big moment. And I asked my daughters, because I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, nothing, I love change because I'm a Gemini. So yep. I, the furniture in my house gets moved yep. all the time. That lamp was not there <laughs> behind me. <laughs> it was over there yesterday. So, but I asked my kids, hey, what do you guys think? Do you think we should move this dining room? Table? It's so small, but it's part of our home. And I feel like it's going to change the room. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to change their environment. And why don't they get a say? It's so little and so minute, but it's just allowing them. And half the time they're like, I, whatever mom, like, (laughs) right. Okay. But the fact that I asked, I think is almost the more valuable part and lesson in that is that I'm giving them a say, Mm. um, and just little daily things that are part of their daily lives, you know, part of their environment. Um, and I think that allows them to feel confident in where they fit in our family they aren't it's not my husband and i run the household and you are our subordinates um it is this is our family home this is where you all you know are working together to create this home for our family um and that requires work on for each of us yeah. all four of us have to take part in taking care of the home and making decisions for our home and and you know making decisions as a family on what we're going to do or where we're going to go or what you know what we're going to put in our home or who we're going to let yeah um, and people are probably like, well, they're eight. Why are you giving them a Because later on, they're going to, that confidence and that um, connectivity to that connection that we're building now, when they're teenagers, they're not going to feel isolated that yeah. they have to lock themselves behind closed doors to feel comfortable. This is their comfort. You're, Us, you're giving them equal state in the relationship, which is what mm-hmm. relationships are all about. And giving them that freedom to safely express their emotions now at eight, that's only going to translate 10 years from now when they're 18, you know? Right. That's the hope, right? (laughs) You're like, one can hope. That's my hope (laughs) is that when they're 18, that they'll still think that I'm cool. Um, (laughs) But, you know, recently I was having a conversation with my, with my dad about um, something that happened between my daughter, Emma and I, where I asked her if she could feed the dogs and she was like, do I have to do it right now? And I was, and, and I said, well, no, but also there's a, there's a way that we can have this conversation because it was the tone mm. of, oh, do I have to do it right now? <laughs> and I, my instinct is to go, yes, get up and do it. <laughs> but I sat for a second and I was like, well, her time is important too. Her time is valuable too. And she was, you know, in the middle of doing something and I didn't respect that in that moment. Um, or I didn't honor her time. And so I just, I had a conversation with her about the, the tone and we focused on that. And I just said, you're, and one of the things I said to her though, was I didn't respect your time either. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we, I respect you and what you're doing in that moment. Just like I, I asked the same in return. And when I told my dad about this conversation, he was like, whoa, <laughs> you said that to her? And I said, well, yeah, because she's an individual who live. we like, uh, you know, you would say that to me, I'm your daughter, but he's, you know, but I'm 34 mm-hmm. and, but she's eight and one day she'll be 34. And I hope she gives that respect to her children if she chooses, if she so chooses mm. to have them. So it's just an interesting, I think that we get lost in the fact that they're kids sometimes and we we have to take care of them we have to nurture them 
But I think it's important to understand too that they're individuals and that they deserve that same respect and that autonomy within the home. And um, it just creates it creates a, an environment that they feel safe in. And I think being a junior high teacher allowed me to speak with kids who didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And um, and then having to go through uh, this pandemic as a Zoom teacher oh. and seeing them under their covers and their hoods over their heads yeah. and, and watching them kind of struggle through this isolation already to feel them even more isolated. Um, we were all feeling, you know, like what a weird time, but I'm, I think that, you know, that has led me to see that if we can connect now and, and focus on our responses now um, with, with youngers, then I think it will hopefully allow that isolation those barriers that we all innately feel when we're teenagers we're the adolescents and the hormones are yeah. raging and I'm hoping that we can start you know breaking down those barriers now to, to open those doors later mm. and I I think so too that studies have shown that kids are far more perceptive than what we give them credit for and they they know when parents are fighting behind closed doors and they know when the mood and the attitude has shifted. And I feel like just cluing them in a little bit more on that gives them a fuller picture and gives them the ability to adequately make their own decisions in that sense, you know, and have the full picture of what's going on. And I love what you said earlier about being honest about the environment. And I know that's something you're super passionate about as well, too, Mm -hmm. is cluing your kiddos in on hey, climate change and the ocean's on fire right now and Germany's (laughs) flooding and all of this stuff is going on. So how do you balance the darkness of the world and conveying it in a way that doesn't want to make your children not ever go outside again? (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. Because there's days, you know, the last year where some of us, you know, we're like, we're going to be inside forever. This is very dark and scary. And having to find a way to communicate with, you know, kids that, the world is a little dark and scary right now, but that doesn't mean it needs to be, it's not going to be this way forever. I think that's important to be honest with them about what's going on, but also to be optimistic because, you know, it, it can seem dark and dreary as adults. And so it's important to process that, you know, in a way that's appropriate. I think when it comes to being honest um, about climate change and about, you know, what's going on in the world, I have never I have never veered away from from the honest conversations with my kids in a way that obviously is going to make sense to to, know, right. to, to where they are in their age. But I think um, science showing them and well, I'm being you know that I was a science teacher yeah. for a while, being able to show them um, real scientific things that are you know um, that are that fit their age or you know and and just being able to sit with them and say. Like this is what's going on, but but look, these are things we can do to make it better. It, it, it's encouraging. It's not look at what's happening. This is terrible. Yes, it, look at what's happening, and this is terrible. But also look at the little things that we can do, or that we are doing, or that those people are doing. That that's encouraging, mm-hmm. and that's going to bring us to a better place. I think it's a, it can be an honest conversation with hope, um, because. You know, as being you know somebody who's cares about the environment deeply, it's that's always been my thing. Is this is hard to see, but I'm I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful that things can turn a page. But when you see, you know, that the ocean is on fire, yeah. and that you know, just recently there was um, 
that oil spill off of San Diego coast, which is very near and dear to my mm-hmm. heart. I grew up an hour north of there. Um, and watching some of the videos, it's, it's hard. Um, my daughters are very, very interested in real scientific facts. I mean, right so now, cool. they, <laughs> right now they're, you know, they're entering third grade, which I'm sure they'll read, you know, the chapter books and, um, I think we read like Ramona and Beezus, yes. like babysitters, yeah, Club, right? And, you know those kind of books. But I can—they are just not into the storytelling, so we've been kind of a struggle. But they—I bought them Pocket Genius books. Cool. <laughs> Which is like these little mini like science books, and they love them. So they've just always had a passion from a very young age, and I think part of that comes with both my husband and I you know, always wanting to be outside and in nature and, and having conversations with them and being honest with them about it. And, um, and then that's kind of always just been something that they've instinctively been drawn to. And so, um, I love hearing them talk though with their little friends about like, do you know about this? And did you see that? Like, I can't get them off of shark week right now. Yes. <laughs> But I think that, you know, being honest, and that goes with everything. You know, I know um, we were talking about gender roles and gender norms and stuff. And I think being honest, I've, I've been very fortunate. I come from a very diverse family, um, d- divorced, and I have siblings. And, you know, my siblings don't fit your stereotypical gender roles. Um, I have a brother who's a hairstylist. I have a brother who's a flight attendant. Yes. I have a sister who's a national national park ranger. You know, so law enforcement. Cool. I mean, so it's been really nice to have people too in my life who don't necessarily fall into those societal norms mm-hmm. that you know we. And just being able to to have conversations with my daughters about like, look at how cool this is. You know that your uncle or your aunt is doing this because that's not seen everywhere. Yeah. And you know, um, I think pointing it out, always pointing out, you know, the whether it be environmental things, whether it be, you know, political things, Mm -hmm. whether it be feminist or, you know, whatever it is, pointing it out and calling it what it is, is important um, because it then drives conversation and questioning. Yeah. And I can, and an inquiry, and then I can um, answer their questions openly and honestly. And, and I'm then driving the conversation with them, which I know I can, create, you know, a safe place to have conversation. Right. And I think it goes back to, to just that notion that again, with the autonomy and teaching them that every action has a reaction and what you do impacts the people around you and the world. Mm -hmm. And even if it's something like conservation or politics, who you vote for impacts people around you, the way you dress impacts people around you. And just knowing that you play a vital role in your environment, I think is huge. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Being that, you know, because you, you can feel small when you're a kid, oh, yeah. but, you know, giving them that, yeah, giving them that autonomy, like you said, and, and like that power of an empowerment yes. of, yes, what I am doing is important and I'm important and I matter yes. and my feelings are important and I'm valid. And um, I think that's a gift that, that we all wish we probably had when we were younger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I think that's, that's such a great point. And I think, you know, going back to like what we were talking about with, you know, respecting their time um, and respecting their decisions and, the, and their choices in the house. Um, that's also something that, you know, we strive for so much in this home is when there's a, a big emotion um, or there's a, a disagreement between them. Between them. So one of the things that I always say to them first is, 
what you want is important because I have one of one of my daughters is a little bit more acquiescent. She'll acquiesce to okay. the other one. Um, and uh, and not that that's bad. I mean, being someone who's, uh, yeah, I'm just not really willing to be in conflict. It, it's a, it could be a great trait to have, but also I don't want her to feel as though her, what her needs are, are not as important as her sister's. Um, so it's important that we always say, you know, what you're going through, what your emotions are and what you're feeling and what you need right now are just as important. We can come to an agreement with, with your sister about what, what it is that you want to, um, and, you know, giving them the tools to, to speak their needs and to, um, acknowledge their needs away from me, I think is important. And, And that takes so much repetition. I, you know, I still worry that. Every day, you know, if, if there's something going on and, and it's, you know, we're trying to calm down some nerves or, you know, um, we're upset about something. And so we're doing some deep breaths and we're talking through it. It takes so much repetition of that for me to, I feel like for me to feel confident that they'll still use those, those tools yeah. out in the world. Um, and be able to be like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, checking my heart. <laughs> grounding. my fingers. Yep. Grounding myself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing we do is wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes. You know, is your is your heart pumping? Are you breathing in, mm-hmm. into your nose, out through your mouth? Just things like that. And I want to make sure those are used outside of our home. And so I think just repetition, repetition, repetition. And also modeling it. Yeah. I mean, there's times where... I'm like, oh man, I'm just so frustrated. I need to, I need to count to 10. And so I will actually say that out loud and just be like, I'm really frustrated right now. I need to just step aside and count to 10. Um, and they're like, oh my God, (laughs) what have we done? No. Um, what have we done? But even I feel like those are great opportunities because we're all human. We're all going to mess up and not utilize those tools. So then you can in turn say, Hey, what I just did was not what we talked about. I apologize. Let's figure out how we can all be better in the future, you know? Thank you. Right. And thank like, thank you for saying, and I apologize. I think as parents, we forget that we can apologize. And I apologize all the time, every day, every day. There is something that I feel like deserves even just some miniature, like, Hey, I'm sorry. I've I was stuck on the phone and I know you needed me. Um, and I, I was a, a little bit longer than I realized I was going to be. I'm so sorry. Um, because it then, it just opens the door that, to the, hey, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. Yeah. And when you're not perfect, when something goes wrong or when you feel like you've messed up, then you can come to me too because I will understand. And it's okay. Um, Right, and it's okay and to say sorry. apology with action. Like, I'm sorry I did yes. this. Let me fix it and help me not do it again and hold me accountable. And that's the big oh, thing. Hold me accountable. <laughs> yes. There's times where I know that, you know, let's say Avery is struggling with something and it's just, you know, causing problems and with her for her. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, hey, I noticed this is what's been going on. Um, how about this? I, I saw that I've been doing that too lately. Um, I'm having a really hard time managing my, you know, my anger lately. So how about, you know, when I notice that you are getting frustrated, how about I, you know, tap you on the shoulder twice. Um, and then when you see me getting frustrated, you, you know, whisper, you know, something in my ear or you tap me on the shoulder twice. And it's, I might not be feeling more frustrated lately, (laughs) but it's, it's more of a, Hey, 
I'll hold you accountable if you hold me yeah. accountable. And that usually calms every, everything down anyways. And so it's not even, we're not even having to get to that point of her because she recognizes like, I'm more focused on watching my mom to make sure, she, you know, to say, I'm going to catch her. Yeah. I'm going to hold her accountable. Yeah. And then it's almost like it's non-existent. And again, <laughs> it, it's that equal stock, equal sharing in the relationship, equal effort. And that's, mm. that's what it's all about. <laughs> well, I love at the end of a conversation, if we've kind of gotten, you know, like a, if we're frustrated with each other, you know, one of the things I used to do when they were little is say, you know, thank you for talking to me about this. I really appreciate it. Is there anything you'd like to apologize for if, you know, they were, and so now they'll do that to me. Mommy, is there anything you would like to apologize for? Like, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes, actually. Because I have no ego when it comes to, you know, parenting. You just can't. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, when there's, it's no holds bar. Yeah, there's always something to do. So that's going to go wrong or that's happened or, you know, or that you've done wrong or, you know, tripped in front of everyone mm -hmm. when you're chasing your kid down the aisles at Target or something. <laughs> like, there's just... You know, there's just no, you ha you can't have an ego because we're all trekking through the mud yep. together. Um, you know, carrying your kid out like a, you know, a football hole. Oh my you gosh. Know, Costco from the back in the dairy too. section out. <laughs> you know, because they're screaming about not getting a sample or something. Yep. I don't know. Yep. You know, it just, and I usually, you get the nods from the older generation going, you do that, mom. I know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. Solidarity, sister. Yep. <laughs> well, that actually segues perfectly to the next question is, is it challenging, especially with social media? And we talk about all the time how social media is a highlight reel. Do you get caught up in the comparison game with these like perfect mommy bloggers online or how are you able to balance that? That's such a good question. I, I mean, I think I'm really lucky that when I had um, MN Avery, it was 2013. Um, Instagram is fairly real or fairly new. Yeah. It's real, but very, fairly new. Um, Pinterest was fairly new. I mean, okay. I think it'd been around for a year or two or something, but man, did I get sucked into that. And also uh, not that this is a huge, you know, issue, but being in Southern California, it's just, um, and where I was in Southern California and just my social group and stuff, I think played a part into some of the stressors of like doing it the right way. I don't, I wouldn't say that. I felt like I, it was everywhere around me or that people were making comments or being judgmental, but it was my own insecurities mm. of, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. What am I doing? And then I see all these other, you know, women who I'm like, oh my God, they're nailing this. Yeah. <laughs> and they look good doing it. And I haven't showered in three days. Oh. Or, you know, like, um, so it's almost like your own innate, just insecurities of being a new parent. I think it comes with, I think everyone has their, um, you know, their own, questions and issues, you know, am I doing a good job? But I think, you know, as, as Instagram has become bigger and social media in general has become bigger and things are more accessible and Pinterest is a real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I started writing down some of my thoughts about, you know, not being a Pinterest perfect mom, but writing down my goal, my wins in the day. Sometimes when I was having a really hard time when they were little, I would kind of sit down and just write down like, Hey, what real? What did? What am I super proud of myself yeah. for today? Because, you know, my husband would go to work <clears throat> when they were really little. I was at home with them, and it was just me. And um, luckily, I had some close friends that would, you know, who hadn't had kids yet, and they would come by and hang out. Yeah, and, you know, you know, help out, wrangle two little toddlers. But, um, 
I think that it was really hard. I think actually writing down though and journaling, like today I, you know, I was able to put them in their bouncer in front of the shower and I took a mm. 15 minute shower and yeah. <laughs> they napped for two hours and nobody fell out of their, you know, the, fell off the, rolled off the couch today or, you know, yeah. like just little wins, but writing them down really affirmed me because when you do see those things on social media, it, it can be hard. It can be but it is a highlight mm-hmm. and as many times as we tell ourselves that's you know that's not there every day and i know that mom has got her hair up in a in a bun yep. most of the time but today she just looks she is rocking it um and looking for the you know when you're rocking it yeah i'm you know what i nailed it yeah today. <laughs> my little wins today um i think that really helps um and having a, a strong support system, having family who's involved. And, um, you know, my, my daughters have seven uncles. Whoa. (laughs) Um, and you know, four or five, I mean, with in-laws and stuff, five aunts, um, they have a tribe. Yeah. Yeah. They've got people around them that are solid, good people who want to raise them up with us and they respect the way that my husband and I have chosen, you know, um, to raise them. Mm. And, you know, going back to, you know, gender nonconformity, you know, we've always chosen to not associate them with pink and purple with allowing them to say, Hey, what's your favorite color? My daughter, Emma, her favorite color has been orange and she could say orange. Okay. Um, right. And just having a support system around you that support that does, you know, agree and, and respect your decisions as parents. I think that helps kind of separate all the, you know, all the, the comparisons around yeah. you because you're like, my people, they get me. I must be doing something right. They're respecting my parenting wishes. Yeah. I know that my kids are, you know, happy and healthy. So I've got to be doing something right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And again, it's evident because I follow you on social media and I see all (laughs) these amazing results. So I know that the work is definitely being put in and that's, it's just so cool to see, especially, you know, with my friends and the people around my life, everyone's entering into that stage and Mm -hmm. everyone's got their own opinions about how they're going to do things, you know, and they will not hold back. No, (laughs) no, they don't, which is fine. And again, it'll always It'll always be some random stranger at the grocery store when you're trying to juggle, you know, a toddler who decides to tell you your hands are full. And I remember one time I got, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I don't like conflict, but one time I got, a, I was just, I had had yep. it. Um, and she said, oh my, your hands must be really full. And I just turned to her and I said, well, you should see the size of my heart. And I felt like that was me putting my foot down. You go, Katie. <laughs> you showed her. That was me. <laughs> You know, with you know, when I was 26 with two babies, oh. and I'm like throwing probably a fit because you know they didn't have the right size diapers or something, and this lady decided this was the right this is the time or tell me or to ask me if I had had you know them naturally. I'm like, why is that your business? But yes, but why is that your business? Like, yeah, who are you? Okay. And why are you asking me this? I don't know you. Whatever your name is, Go away. Carol at the grocery store. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah. Well, and I think that parents in general just get, you know, you, moms always, you get just questions from strangers and you're like, oh man, well, I and don't I know think, you. I don't know why this is okay to ask. I think it goes back to what we were talking about. It, it stems from everyone being insecure and everyone literally not knowing what they're doing or what they're supposed to do right. or what's right. And I've 
heard all of my friends say is all you can do in hope is is hope and pray that you've done it right and mm-hmm. face them the correct way and they could still grow up and hate you. And, you know, all you have right. to do is just trust that you did the best you could with what you had and hopefully someday right. they'll understand that. <laughs> and it's like trying to raise kids to like grow roots, but also have wings. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want my I want my kids to feel rooted into this family that they are, you know, the heart and soul of, of my husband and I, and that they always have a place here. Wherever we are, they have a place. But I also want them to have wings to fly off and feel confident in themselves. I mean, it is like literally trying to teach your kids to grow roots and have wings. I don't know if anyone knows how to do it correctly. I just think we all just have to like love on them and show them respect and and have hard conversations um, when we can um, with them and be honest. And um, that's like, I'm hoping that is the recipe for success. <laughs> and uh, we'll have to find out, I guess. Yeah. Well, that brings me perfectly to my last question is, do you have any advice to give to anyone listening that has been, is currently in the situations you've discussed or even parents now that have adult children, but still want to maybe make up for some lost time? Right. Um, I think that my advice would be have no ego, right? Your kids, you love your kids more than life itself. And as hard as it is sometimes to be like, oh my gosh, they're questioning. <laughs> I think putting that aside, putting that aside and really showing them the love and the care that you would hope for your younger self, um, whether you got it or not, mm-hmm. you know, in your tough times. Um, so I think that's huge. I think being honest, um, calling things what they are, um, it, whether you're in public, you know, when I see something that is wrong, I, I, I point it mm. out. Um, when we see things that are fantastic, you know, um, I call it out when I, when things are beautiful, when I see a family that is unique and wonderful, I point it out. When I see a girl who looks different than us, but is rocking whatever she is rocking, I tell her and I make sure that I tell Mm. her and that, or him, you know, like, I I think that's important to model that, modeling it, model that kindness to everyone. Um, and, and point things out. And I think, um, apologize. I know that goes with ego. Um, but just allow them to be a part of, of everything. Mm. Um, open that, that door to have those conversations and because it will pay off in the long run. Um, even from a young age, I think that's important. I think, you know, in modeling kind conversations with each other and understanding emotions and validating emotions, um, of littles is important. Mm. Like, let me wrap that up. Ego. I love <laughs> it. No, it, it all <laughs> literally goes hand in hand. And I think you said it perfectly. For sure. Oh. Yeah, I think oh. there's so much. There's so much. Like, I, you know, I, I think I just word vomited everywhere. But I, I'm just so passionate about making sure that everyone feels cared mm-hmm. and, and loved on. And, and I think that that is that would that would change our world mm. that would change the whole world if we would all just understand and accept that everyone just wants love yeah. and caring and kindness for who they are mm-hmm. not who everyone wants them to be you know i read something the other day that was like i know people think like my political stance and my 
um, activism is sometimes harsh, but it really comes from the softest part of myself, yes. which is I just want everyone to be okay because I want my daughters to live in a world where everyone is okay. Mm. And everyone is loved on because oh, I, I want them to love on my daughters. I got goosebumps <laughs> because that, that's what it's all about is you just mm-hmm. want everyone to walk down the street and feel fabulous and be okay with that. Right? And confident yeah. and loved and appreciated yeah. and validated. Oh, and All of it. Right? All of that. All of the things. <laughs> all the things. Oh. All of the things. Katie, thank you. Like, I'm a 34-year-old girl or woman. I should probably call myself a 34-year-old I, I woman. I hate that. I, it's like I get I, offended. Don't call me ma'am. I get offended when people call me ma'am or Mrs. Young. Oh, but then I'm like, I guess I'm not a girl anymore. Like, I'm a ma'am? Am I I'm a, a lady? I'm a, what am I? Yeah. Like, I'm she, her, I'm 34, and I'm rocking a dinosaur print t-shirt. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm 28, and I have a rainbow choker and a rainbow room behind me, so like, whatever. And you're rocking it. You do you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and just having this conversation. It was incredible to get to talk to you. So fun. Like this, I feel like this just confirmed our friendship that I already knew we had but this is this is it Uh, I just I appreciate you so much I want to give you an opportunity to if you feel comfortable give people an opportunity to find you online and follow you and so this is your chance to plug whatever you'd like to share with people yeah, absolutely. Um, so my Instagram is Katie3Davidson and you can find me there. That's really the only social media I have because Facebook started when I was in college and I was a firm <laughs> believer. It was only for college students and then it didn't happen. So Meanwhile, <laughs> I happened. was the kid that like lied on my birthday in high school to get it. Yeah, that was my me. sister did the same thing. Oh. My younger sister did the same thing and I was like, wait, that's my younger sister. What is she doing on here? This is only for college Excuse students. Me. Like, yeah, back when I it was... had to have an at edu yeah. email. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like back then it was invite only too. Like it wasn't open yes, to just everyone. You had to be invited. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, back then. Oh, <laughs> back man. In, and I had the MySpace top eight. Yeah, I was not allowed to have MySpace. I had to beg for Facebook, literally beg. And my parents didn't know that it was for college only because I was like 16. <laughs> That's yeah, so awesome. I love you, mom and dad. Such a rebel. Uh, yeah, right? Well, pink hair, you know me. <laughs> I always have to. I love. I always, I always have to remind them that I wasn't a bad kid, even though I like rebelled and I put that in air quotes. It, I didn't actually do anything bad. <laughs> I just my well, right? My rebellion was I got my nose pierced in college, ooh. and I was playing soccer, and my mom showed up and was like, "Don't you dare come home and show us that!" And I was like. <gasps> That was, I was a bad kid. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? Right? Well, you know, we were raised, I was raised by boomers. So. Uh, you know, again, I, my mom and my dad, they're like, I just, I don't understand. And like my poor mom, her name is Karen. That's her name. And she's just like, what is Karen? Oh, like, I don't get it. And I was like, it, you know. Well, my mom is Kathy yeah. and Catherine. Mm-hmm. And we say that Catherine is actually Karen's manager. There you go. She is very much. There you go. Um, I, I would say she's Karen, what you would, what we call Karen. She's, yeah, she's already the manager. And I'm just like, so you know, mom, it, it's not like they met you personally, but you know, it's just, it's just another stereotype and it's every generation right. makes fun of a generation. I'm currently totally. getting hassled on TikTok because I'm a dumb millennial. So, you know, like it just, 
Gen Z's coming. You know what? They need to leave my side part and my skinny jeans away. Oh, they need to take that out of their mouth because <sighs> one, I need the skinny jeans to tuck it all yep. in. And two, I mean, I kind of have like a center. You do. You're rocking it. Kind of got the Gen Z Yeah. Um, but they just need to leave me alone. Leave me yeah. and my friends alone, okay? Well, and again, I want to. I want to like Disney. Yep. And I want to sip my wine and have wine yep. time and charcuterie. Or and I want my adult lunchable. Yeah. That's what I want. Oh my gosh, yes, my bento yes, box. But it just goes yes. back to, you know, letting everyone do them and realizing mm -hmm. that your generation and everyone in your generation maybe didn't make the best choices and those mm -hmm. younger generations are holding us accountable. And yeah. Right. You know, that, okay. Ego. It goes to the ego. It's the ego. It goes back and it's to just ego. like ooh. We cannot have ego, but I just want them to let me have my yeah. skinny jeans because I truly need That's them. That's fair. That's fair. I think I think I we can't can do the that. mom jean thing. They look so cute in them too, these Gen Zers. I see them all the time and they're like, I'm like, they look adorable. And then I tried to buy a pair and I was like, I look like I don't fit in here. Like this is not. This is not okay. I look like the ladies from uh, SNL with the mom jeans, yes. you know, where it's like, hey. you know, and they're walking. Around. Oh, oh man, I just look. I don't. I look like I'm trying too hard. I just can't. My dinosaur T-shirt is where I'm staying comfortable like with it. my skinny mom jeans. It's a solid my choice. Jeans. <laughs> well, Katie, thank you so much. I yes. appreciate you and. I'm just so grateful that you took Thank time. you so much for letting me just spill my guts on here with you. I've had so much fun just talking your ear off yeah. and I appreciate it so much. I mean, I feel like the conversation <laughs> went both ways for sure, but. No, I feel like I just talked your ear off for an hour. I love it. But I have had so much fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I really like, we should just do this all the time. I love this. Hey, this is so fun. I, I'm here for it. We can bring you back for more episodes. I'm down. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I would love that. Wow, 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 wow. Y'all, what an episode, what a conversation, and honestly, what a friendship that was just solidified in real time. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming onto the podcast, for sharing your heart, and for helping others that are either in your situation, have been in your situation, or are potentially going to be in your situation someday. I think you are a kick-ass mom, and I am so lucky to call you my friend. It was just me. Besties, I just want to thank you so much again for being here. Your support means the world to me. Again, thank you for giving me the time and space to rest and refresh and recover. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation instead of that solo episode with just me. I have so many incredible guests that have signed up and I've already interviewed to be on the podcast. And honestly, I'm in a space now where I really just want to amplify their voices and their stories. So if you're okay with it, we might be doing a little bit more interviews than normal. Let me know what you think. Send me a DM on Instagram, or you can email me at hello at thatmanagirl.com. All right, that's all I have for you. I hope you have an incredible week. Happy Monday, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>